What's up, what's up, what's up, GMAP1 Broadcast Network family. This is your host, Dr. Larry Walter. You're tuned in live to Suffering in Silence. I'm your host. Uh-oh, did I lose him? Did I lose him? Dr. Larry Waltower. Hey, man, you there? Man, please, you know I'm here. How you doing? <laughs> what's up, man? What's up? Doc, Doc, I'm not sure what was going on. I heard you then. We faded out. I wanted to make sure we were on live. Man, how you feeling, Doc? Man, I'm cold. It's 11 degrees here in the Chicagoland area. I'm cold. I'm cold, man. I'm cold. God, man, I don't, I, I don't feel too bad. I don't feel too bad. Man, 11 degrees in Chi-Town? It's 11 degrees, and that term that people use, the Windy City, uh-uh. They might as well throw that thing away. It's much, much more than a Windy City. Man, it's cold outside, bro. It's cold outside, Doc. Man, oh, man. <laughs> I think Ray Charles said it's cold outside. Man, <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Man, I am so honored to Doc. hear your voice on tonight, man. I'm grateful that uh, you are here with Suffering Inside. I have been talking about you all. Every time I even uh, present a message now, man, I always instruct people to stop suffering in silence. I don't care if they're standing wow. at the front door as an usher or preaching the word in the pulpit. Stop suffering in silence. So I'm excited, man. You got some uh, uh, callers on the line on tonight. I'm just going to leave the line wide open, man, so you can chat with them. But I'm going to go ahead and move out of the way. Yours truly, Pastor Kevin, here on the GMAP Broadcast Network, GMAP1.com. We are the number one faith-based, motivational, and inspirational broadcast network in the country, broadcasting in over 168 countries, averaging 30 to 40,000 people on a monthly basis, four times in a row stellar nominated, and doing this still today like we're just getting started for over 20 years. We are grateful. We are honored. We are blessed. We are pleased with what God has done to this ministry. With no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dudes and dudettes, I'm going to move out of the way and I'm going to turn it over to my friend and my brother, Dr. Larry T. Waltower. The floor is yours. Doctor, doctor. Oh, man, man, you're so kind. Kevin, we appreciate everything that you're doing, man, for the kingdom. And for those who are listening, this is Suffering in Silence. And as Kevin just mentioned, this is the GMAP One Broadcasting Network. It is the number one faith-based, motivational, inspirational platform on the planet, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 a year. Kevin Wuna, thank you, man. You're a brother from another mother holding it down inside town, man. I'm going to be praying for you that God will send you some heat. Uh, Doc, uh, 11 degrees, that's that's brutal, man. So we're praying for you, Doc. Thank God for you and for what you're doing uh, for the kingdom, for Christ, and for the church. Uh, GMAP family, so glad to be back with you on tonight. Uh, we have a very special guest uh, coming to us live from Miami, Florida. He is the senior pastor of the New Harvest uh, Church in uh, uh, Miami, Florida. He's also the president of the uh, C, that is the African-American uh, Council of Christian Clergy. Um, he is the one and only my friend, my good brother, uh, Pastor Gregory Thompson. Uh, Doc, are you there? Thompson, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here, Dr. Walter. Thank you for having me. <laughs> What's up, man? How you feeling? Man, it's good. It's good. All, all is good. Good to hear your voice. and good to be a part of this um, broadcast tonight. 
your privilege and honor. Man, Doc, we're honored to have you. As you've heard, man, we're reaching 168 uh, countries across the planet, man. And, uh, Doc, we're just so grateful to have your voice on this platform. Of course, this is Suffering in Silence, and we just have a very candid conversation, man, about life, about uh, depression, anxiety, pulpit, parishioners, uh, just practicality of life. And so, Doc, take a few moments to introduce yourself to the GMAP family. This is your first time on with us, and we want you to take a few moments and introduce yourself and what you're doing in South Florida to the GMAP One Broadcasting Network. Well, sir, you pretty much um, did it for me. Pastor Thompson from the New Harvest Church, Miami, Florida, also the president of the AACC, African American Council of Christian Clergy. We are an interdenominational council made up of um, Christ believers, and we're just taking care of our community um, as it relates mm. to uh, um, taking back our streets. Amen. Now, and, Doc, you, you, you bring up a very you bring up an interesting dynamic about taking back our communities, and I think that's a good segue to really talking about some of the depression and some of the anxiety. I know here in York, Pennsylvania, uh, we're on the front lines of really trying to get the church. And, and, and becoming an advocate and a catalyst uh, for social change through the gospel. Uh, what are some of the things that you're doing there, man, when you're talking about taking back the community and dealing with some of the, uh, the hardships that people are facing that leads to depression? Well, I think one of the, um, you know, this, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Um, it's a moral issue and it's also an economic issue. And a lot of our... Mm. Um, um, citizens or people or people that make up our communities, they really need a uh, moral calibration. Uh, when wow. you're not in tune with God and have a relationship with God, it is so easy to um, fall into despair and hopelessness. Um, I shared with my congregation a couple of weeks ago that this is the season, um, really not to be jolly, but it's the season that people fall into depression, uh, fall into suicidal thoughts, fall into discouragement. Mm. It's called a holiday season, but a lot of us really, really don't make it through this season. Uh, we have wow. a lot of going on home. We have um, economical issues. We're trying to um, put stuff under a Christmas tree, and we're worried about things of that nature, and it kind of pulls us down into uh despair and depression and discouragement. Mm. Wow, that's real talk, Doc. That's real talk. And that's, and that's going across the country, man, uh, in the body of Christ. And I know you're a gospel preacher, man, and uh, uh, pastors uh, and people are dealing with the, uh, the grappling effects of depression across this country. You, you mentioned, uh, I thought that was very interesting, a, a moral calibration. Talk a little bit more about that. That's an interesting that's interesting terminology. What, what do you mean when you talk about a moral calibration? Well, uh, it's like going back to that old landmark, finding that um, faith and belief in God. Uh, we have so many substitutes trying to substitute our relationship with God that we need to mm. get back um, to our authentic relationship with God. And um, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship. Um, religion has killed more people on this planet than any disease, war, or, or anything you can name. And so wow. you don't want to know him through religion. You need to know him through a relationship. And once we get that relationship with God and know whose we are and who we are, I think we can um, um, see the light at the end of the tunnel. Wow. 
relationship and not religion, relationship and not religion. That's doc. That's real talk, man. And I think you, you, you're on something, uh, uh, doc, because we're, we're living in a time where people are, um, are more religious and, and yet, uh, less moral. Um, and I think right. we've, we've, exactly. we've taken, um, religion for, for just a tool to make us feel good as opposed to really having an authentic relationship with God through Christ that, that demands that we make a change. Uh, as a pastor, man, uh, how, how are you um, seeing uh, the gospel take root where you are in terms of, because I know, I know you preach a social uh, gospel. You, you, you're very relevant uh, in terms of taking the, the text and making it relevant to what we're facing. You, you, you mentioned about telling your congregation a couple of a weeks ago about, you know, this season. How, how have you been able to preach a gospel of hope to a world and a, and a people that's living in so much hopeless and despair? Well, <laughs> that's a great question. You have to be uh, uh, consistent, persistent, and insistent. Um, mm. I think it was, I think it's Timothy that said, we, we, they're going to they're gonna turn away with it mm. is, you know, onto un, fables, but we have to, we have to stand tall and, and give them what God gives us. And um, I think many of us in this gospel culture, we're too busy trying to be the best preacher or the best best that, and we're not being effective. And so when you become effective, um, people people will um, uh, uh, grab on to that hope and grab on to that faith and have a faith um, that works. Uh, Religion can't give you that. And so we need to teach our people to have a faith that really works, an authentic faith with God. Um, uh, if you can look at slavery, the master and the slave couldn't have the same, the same God. It's impossible because if mm. the master had the God we have, they wouldn't have treated us the way they did. And so wow. the master God, he knew him through religion, and the slave knew their God through um, um, a relationship, and that's why we weathered that storm. And I want to make light of slavery, but we weathered that storm of slavery because we really didn't have the same God. They thought they gave us Jesus, but they they had a different Jesus than us. Wow, wow. Now, in in terms of the historical context of of um, the, the the maturity and the evolution of the church as we know it, particularly in the African American community. Do you think um, the, the the soil from which the African American, the Black Church, um, uh, birthed from a, a sense of hopelessness and despair, has been the driving vehicle for our survival as a people, and that we need to get back to that foundation? Sure, that's where it started. Um, a lot have changed. Um, I think we have come. Um, blinded by so-called success. I think um, when uh, our president, Barack Obama, became president, a lot of of us and a lot of uh, them thought we made it and racism was gone and, you know, things of that nature was done away with, but it got worse. And we need Mm. to um, um, acknowledge that and pull on the same God, you know, to continue to get get us um, over so to speak. Uh, Dr. King is credited as saying that uh, evil persists when men and women of good will uh, remain quiet and say nothing. Um, 
in in these times, and this is some dangerous times uh, in terms of the church, I think the church is mandated to let the light shine. And if there was ever a time in the history of the, the ecclesia, these dark days are the times when the church needs to be at its brightest. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. How, how do you bridge that, that, that chasm between faith and fear? Because a lot of people fall into depression, Doc, out of a fear. You know, we talk about suffering in silence, a fear of letting people know that you are depressed, a fear of letting people know that you're dealing with some anxiety or some type of stronghold or fear of transparency. How how do you speak to that person that's living in fear um, and and as such living in a cycle of perpetual frustration and futility? Wow. I think part of that fear has to do with the stigma. And mm. I think um, we, we, we have no problem um, um, you know, doing physical health. We have no problem doing other health. But when you say mental health, immediately there's a stigma. Uh, people mm. think you're crazy. People think you, uh, you know, Looney Tune. And so that stigma, that label, it causes people to hide what they're really going through because they don't want to. Uh, they don't want that stigma. They don't want that label. And um, it goes back to what I said earlier. When you know who you are and who you are, you know, yes, sir. the labels don't stick. It don't stick. And so we, and so there's a real. Uh, how can I put this? There's an identity crisis. And mm. and a lot of us, even with Christians in the church, they don't know. Uh, really, who they are. Um, I had a preacher um, at my church last night, Pastor Gaston Smith out of Miami, and he said they know the person of God, but don't know the power of God. They know the anatomy, but have no anointing. And mm. we have a lot of people um, know the person, but can't tap into that power. And I just believe the power of God um, can defeat anything, even stigma. Wow. For those who are listening, this is Suffering in Silence. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walter, and we have uh, on the line with us uh, my good friend and brother, uh, Pastor uh, Gregory Thompson. He is the pastor of the uh, the senior pastor of the New Harvest Church in, in Miami. Uh, he's also the president of the C. This is a live call-in show uh, broadcast, so if you're listening and you want to call in, you have a comment, you want to share a story, a concern, uh, just want to ask a question to our guest, uh, the call-in number is uh, 302 202-1110. That's uh, 302-202-1110. Uh, access code 538-661. That's 538-661. And uh, if you're calling, we would love to hear your voice if you want to be a part of this conversation, Suffering in Silence. Um, and we're talking about um, um, just life in general and how to overcome the stigma of mental health, particularly in the body of Christ. Um, again, that, that call-in number is uh, 302-202-1110, access code 538-661. Uh, pastor, as a, as, a, as a senior pastor, and you talked about the stigma of mental health, what do you think the church can do uh, to better address um, this, this taboo subject? We see pastors committing suicide. We see uh, parishioners committing suicide. We see a mass uh, 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 identity crisis, I guess you can you can say, uh, people who really don't know the power of God's 
anointing and his presence in the, in the place of hopelessness. What do you think the church can be doing uh, to better address the mental health crisis that we see in, 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 in our churches? I think the church has got to um, become more compassionate driven. Um, I think a lot of our churches, um, um, we're open and we have uh, people sitting there and it seems like a lot of these churches want the people to take care of the church and the church is not taking care of the people. Wow. We have to um, let them know um, that we love them. Um, come as you are had nothing to do with clothing. If you have a mental hmm. health issue, come. Um, and we have to uh, get back to, uh, here's, here's a taboo word for uh, uh, the Baptist church, deliverance. You know, we have to really <laughs> get serious about deliverance. I mean, people come to church and so oftentimes they don't leave the same way. They leave worse than when they came because the, the atmosphere is not a, a, a atmosphere that builds builds people up. Um, wow. Literally, we're tearing people down from the pulpit all the way to the pew. We're just, we're just demolishing and destroying people's mm. self-esteem. Um, if you look at many churches, there's a rat race for positions. There's a rat race to be significant. And then we kind of we put the spotlight on the so-called significance that the mass is still insignificant. Mm. And so we got to tear down those 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 walls, those barriers. Um, and do do you think that, that he's accessible? Do you think that type of activity inadvertently causes some people who are in the significant crowd to take on depression because they feel they don't measure up? Of course, it's like um, it's peer pressure. It's um, it's a lot of uh, pressure in ministry. Um, pastors have to suffer in silence because we're supposed to have all the answers. We're supposed to uh, be walking that faith that we're preaching. And so wow. when we go through, we can't really tell them because now we just expose a little chink in our armor. And so mm. we almost have to be Superman and Wonder Woman. And, you know, we have, to, we have to almost be flawless. And so I, I make it my... My business to stay transparent. I don't want my congregation to put me on the pedestal. I'm a man. I'm a man of God. I'm a man with issues. And I'm a man of faith. And I know that when I tell them what I go through, they have hope that pastor is not in despair. Pastor have the same issues uh, we have through, uh, we, that we go through, and he's making it. He's he's holding on. He's looking to the hills. He's 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 optimistic even when he could be pessimistic, you know. And, Doc, I, I, you know, we, we, we've been friends for many years, uh, and I, I know you personally. But for the benefit of those who don't know, talk a little bit more about you as a pastor being transparent, because that's something that we really don't see a whole lot, particularly in uh, the African-American uh, ecclesia experience. Um, so, so you're being able to be transparent with your congregation. There may be somebody listening in that don't, that can't identify with that. Uh, talk a little bit more about how you, you've come to a point where you're able to be transparent uh, with your congregation toward deliverance. That's that's a very interesting insight. Well, 
it first comes from being delivered from people. Mm. Get delivered from people. And so um, let's use uh, marriage as an example. Um, I'm not up in the pulpit portraying my marriage to be this perfect union. There's sometimes when she don't like me and I don't like her. Sometimes we don't get along. And people need to hear that because, see, they go home and think the pastor and first lady have a perfect marriage. So what's wrong with us? Why we're fighting? Why we're um, not getting along? Why we're bickering? You know what I'm saying? And that's part of marriage. You know, they used to say a long time ago, teeth and tongue don't fall out. And right. so you can go through the bumps in the road and still make it, but we don't share. we don't share our down times. We don't share our uh, our uh, imperfections um, with the congregation because we're too busy trying to convince them that we got all, we got it all together. And so that's that's why I love the title of your uh, book, Suffering in Silence. So it puts you in a place where you have to suffer in silence because you've been faking it far too long. Wow, wow. Now, that's interesting. Uh, we, we had a marriage conference uh, here a couple of weeks ago, a uh, one-day seminar with a um, pastor out of the uh, Celebration Church in, in uh, Maryland. And, uh, Doc, it was amazing how the atmosphere of, the, uh, of the, um, the seminar, and we had about maybe 15 to 20 couples um, that, had, that had come. But it's amazing what transparency will do to shift the atmosphere. Uh, he began talking about some of the things that his wife and some of the challenges that they had, much like what you're talking about now. And it shifted the atmosphere. And next thing you knew, you started hearing others become transparent about some of their challenges. And it just broke the ice. And, and we left there wanting more um, to the extent that we now have to put on a couples conference because the atmosphere was just so robust and so refreshing that people left there delivered. And uh, I think you're on to something, Doc. Uh, maybe that's something that pastors may have to uh, deal with among themselves, how to be transparent and yet be trusted. Uh, because I think a lot of times as pa pastors, we think we're, we're going to lose the people's trust if we become transparent. Exactly. That's why you have to get delivered from people. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Now, uh, Doc, I, I know you're very, you're very involved uh, with uh, the community. Uh, you're very involved with uh, social justice and social action. Um, and in your role as the president of the AACCC, that's an ecumenical uh, group of, of pastors and leaders is dealing with a lot of things in the community. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you've been seeing uh, systemically in South Florida that you feel have, have, have led to this uptick in people suffering in silence? Well, Dr. Wattow, you know 2020 is fast approaching. We have a presidential race before us, and the state of Florida, uh, Amendment 4 passed this amendment that gave the returning um, citizens the right to vote. And even in that, they're pulling a fast one on us. So we're trying to get the information out, the word out, what they need to do um, um, to be able to vote. Um, you know, systemically, um, a lot of stuff that happens in the White House affects our house. And so our job as pastors and clergy is to get the um, information out and to let them know the power.
power of the vote. As you know, a lot of people really feel that their vote don't count. Yes. And it's sad. And and it keeps them home instead of at that um, ballot box. So that's one what, of the what times here in, in, in Florida. Go ahead. What I think this generation don't understand that generations before us did is that every non-vote is a vote. When when you don't vote for somebody, exactly. you're voting for somebody. Absolutely. And, right. and there are a lot of people that made it in office not because of who voted, but because of who didn't vote. Didn't vote. Um, you know, so so it, it becomes paramount. And and I think that that leads to a lot of people don't realize the, the impact of your vote because you vote for your elected officials, you vote for your county sheriffs, you vote for your uh, district attorney, you vote for your state attorney. You know, and those people who who have the voice of the people, you know, when things happen in your community, you have a vested interest of of, of making some right. changes because you can just as easily vote them out as you did vote them in. Um, now, you mentioned Amendment Four, and for those who might not know, if if I'm if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is that the amendment that gave the felons the right to vote when they when they when they're coming out of prison? Yeah. I gave them the right to vote. Returning, returning wow. citizens. And I, I've been seeing some things in the in the news. I know uh, John, I think John Legend was just there, or um, I think it was John Legend. Yeah, yeah. He, he was there in Miami recently um, to witness some of the felons. Uh, I think the state attorney in Miami, they, uh, they, they did a cutting-edge program in Florida uh, because there's a lot of politics going on right now with this amendment. But I think uh, Kathy Rundle um, and her office, put a program together to, to try to make sure that those who were coming out got their rights restored. Uh, talk a little bit more about that and, and how that's um, turning the page in terms of people getting their constitutional right back to voting and how, and, and the difference that it's making in their lives. And it, it takes the state attorney, it takes the um, um, pastors, it takes those that um, have the power to um, create or effect change to do something. So I commend our state attorney for um, taking the bull by the horns and 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 doing that. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out there, Dr. Walter. People think they can just show up in November and vote, but we're trying to spread the word. So you got to um, get informed. Um, there's some for lack of a better word, prerequisites they have to do and get mm. done before they're able to um, vote again, and that's what we're doing, and that's the challenge down here in South Florida, uh, letting them know um, you have to do something um, in order to um, be able to get that to that ballot box in no November or any uh, in August or September. We have um, local local races here, um, and so yeah, I, I, it, it takes the whole community to save our community. And so that's very commendable what the state attorney, now, you know, the state attorney is the prosecutor. And so yeah. the same people they prosecuted, um, they're helping. And that's, that's, that's God. Wow. That's, that's transformative. You, you really don't, don't, don't see that too often. Right. Right. Wow. That's now, now, um, now doc, how long have you been in pastoral ministry? I know you've been preaching, um, for, I know you're a son of, I think, St. Luke. Uh, you came out of St. Luke Baptist right. Church? My mother church came out of St. Luke, and um, I've been pastoring now for 19 years. Once um, I had 19 years, the church I pastored turned 21, uh, first Sunday in November. 
and I've been the president of the African American Christian clergy since 2012. So I've been here uh, approximately seven years. Wow. On, on the wall. On the wall, man. On the wall. <laughs> now, now, as a pastor, and, and, and we're both senior pastors, man, and you talked about transparency. Doc, I know you can you can relate to this, man. Uh, we, 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 sometimes we just feel like throwing in the towel. You know, sometimes we just feel like coming down from the wall and, and closing up shop and, and like Jeremiah, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not, I'm not preaching, teaching. What are some of the things that you have been able to do over the years to keep the fire going? Because sometimes, you know, in terms of fighting depression, we have to learn how to encourage ourselves. And that's a, sometimes that's a challenge within itself, you know, encouraging yourself. Well, what are some of the things that you've um, been able to do over the years uh, to, 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 to stay fresh as a pastor and be, and be transformative in the life of your people. First thing I've done, Doc, is practice what I preach. And by, by that I mean I, I share with my congregation to stay um, focused. We have to stay focused. Uh, we have to stay um, flexible. We have to stay flexible. We have to stay fearless, futuristic, you know, um, focus. You have to have a laser focus. If not, that enemy called the devil will distract you and derail you and mm. delay you from your um, um, destiny. You got to stay flexible. I, say, I think sometimes we're so rigid. We don't know how to be elastic and expand. You know, you put water in a, a, a water bottle, a plastic water bottle. That's it. Once it's filled up, you just pop it off. But you put water in a balloon, it expands. You can get more mm. water in that smaller balloon. It looks smaller than a water bottle at first, but once you put water in it, it becomes bigger than the water bottle because it has the, the ability to, to be elastic. And so we have to become flexible. We're too, we're too rigid. You've got to know how to, wow. uh, how you say it, roll, roll with the punches, um, so to speak. You know? And you have to be futuristic. There's hope. You have to look to the future. Better days are coming. Better days are coming in our ministries, in our churches, um, in our homes, in our community. Better days are coming. God is going to wow. do a new thing, and that keeps the light burning. I, I like that, man. You got to be futuristic, and you got to be flexible. That that's an interesting that's an interesting di- uh, dynamic, man, about the balloon and the water bottle. Uh, right. <laughs> wow, that's 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 transformative, man. That's transformative. And uh, in doing that, um, have have you seen a maturation in your own ministry by learning how to be flexible? Sure, sure. Um, because you can you can you can tie flexibility to patience. Sometimes you have to have patience to let stuff develop. Um, Rome wasn't mm-hmm. built overnight, and some of this stuff we're doing in our church is not going to happen overnight. Um, to love the unlovable. You have to be flexible. To forgive, mm. you have to be flexible. To be compassionate, it takes flexibility. You know, it's hard to love unlovable people, but yeah, that's man. what we're called to do. Wow! It's not the it's not the people that love us that makes us depressed. It's the unlovable people that you've poured into that continue not to love you or respect you or to, you know. Um, 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 uh, believing you, that causes us to doubt and 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 want to quit. But you got to be flexible. 
Doc, that's real talk. For those who are listening, this is Suffering and Silence. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walthire, and we're coming to you live from the broadcasting booth. We have here uh, with us uh, my good friend and brother, Pastor uh, Gregory Thompson. He's the senior pastor of the um, New Harvest Church in South Florida, Miami, Florida. Uh, this is a call-in broadcast. If you're listening and you want your voice to be a part of this conversation, uh, you can dial 302-202-1110, 302-202-1110. And the access code is 538-661-538-661. Uh, you can call in, give us your comments, your concerns, or your questions. Again, this is Suffering and Silence, and we have uh, on the broadcast uh, with us uh, my good friend, my brother. He is the senior pastor of the New Harvest Church in Miami, Florida, uh, my good friend and brother, Pastor Gregory uh, Thompson. Uh, Doc, you, you you talked earlier and um um, in terms of, of, of the message and, and the ministry and some of the things that we're seeing uh, socially, systemically, and spiritually. And, uh, and you mentioned earlier uh, that there is a rat race, particularly among the clergy, to try to be the best preacher. Um, I think among us as pastors, uh, that, one, that one drive to be the best uh, not not in terms of what God has given us, but in terms of competition to the to the degree that I'm competing, is one of the primary uh, pit stops for depression. Um, what advice would you give uh, a preacher who might be listening or someone who's listening that find themselves caught up in the rat race of competition? Well, you know me. You've been knowing me for a long time, and one of my favorite sayings is, "Can't nobody." Beat me being me. And I would mm. tell a preacher out there listening, can't nobody beat you being you. Be who God called you to be. Um, we have a lot of, um, and I know they say, what, it, what um, how, how's it, uh, walk out? it goes, um, uh, mimicking is um, one of the uh, signs of admiration, something like that. Um, oh, uh, imitatory. Uh, no, imitation yeah. is... Imitation, uh, there you go. Imitation. Yeah. imitation. yeah. Right. And so if you look at a lot of a lot of us, we're just mimicking somebody else we heard in the past or we hear in the present and haven't really tapped into who God wants us to be. Mm. Can't nobody beat you being you. You got to do it the way God... Um, there are some things I, I could never do... Uh, um, like some of these other pastors, and I'm good with that. I'm fine with that. But there's some things I can do that can't do because can't nobody beat me being me. But I think that's very revolutionary because you preach to some of the most prolific pulpits across this country just being you. Um, right, right. From 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 East Coast to West Coast, from North to South, you preached all over the country. Um and and I, I like what you said earlier about being delivered from people, and and sometimes that means even being delivered from some other clergy, who put the pressure on us to try to you know blend in and be so much more than what or less than what God is calling us us to be. Um, and I think that's a very very powerful insight. And I'd like for you to talk a little bit uh, to go a little bit further in in, in that discussion. Well, even if even if as it relates to our um, edifice, um, a lot of guys are putting pressure on themselves to build a, a bigger church, whether they need a bigger church or not. You know, mm. um, my my church only seats two hundred, 
and I'm not um, depressed. I'm not discouraged. Um, and until we start sitting on top of each other, then it's time to move and build. But I'm not just going to build another church just to say I have um, a 500 or a thousand seater. I, I'm not going to put that kind of pressure on myself. Um, mm. You heard me say this before. Um, contentment is not getting everything you want. It's wanting what you already have. Yeah, You know what yeah. Paul said about contentment? Contentment will, uh, uh, contentment really is the antidote to depression and discouragement. Um, you got to want what you already have. And if you wow. face over that, God will bless you with more. Doc, say that again. Contentment is the it's not getting contentment is not getting everything you want is wanting what you already have but you say it's the antithesis to depression it's the antidote to depression antidote it's the antidote to depression. yes wow to depression, right. once you realize you're blessed with what you have and stop wanting what you have about, don't right and when you and stop worrying about what you don't have then you have wow Wow. The older saints say count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. You'll be surprised what God has done. Contentment is the antidote to depression. And contentment is not having what you want, but it's wanting what you have. <laughs> I got it, Doc. I got it. You just, as the old as the old saints would say, you just hope me, man. You just hope me tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. And now, talk a little bit about that because that seems to come from a place of maturity. How have, how did you grow to the point where you started wanting what you have? Because you say that like a person that have grown to that particular place in life. You don't say it like somebody that's always been there. It seems like it was a process. How did you grow to the point where you started? Wanting what you have. When you appreciate what you have, you realize what you have is very valuable. I think a lot of us don't value what we have. We're too busy either wanting more or wanting something that somebody else um, has and don't even know how they uh, maintain it or how they got it. You, you heard this before. Um, um, the grass may be greener on the other side, but you don't know how, how much that water bill yeah. So we, we we got to we got to really value what we already have. We have to really know that what we have, everything that we have, God gave it to us and we we got to be appreciative. Uh, my mother always taught me to be grateful. My grandmother always taught me to be grateful and be appreciative and I had to bring that into my adulthood because in this life, you're not going to get everything you want. But mm. one thing I know, whatever you have, whatever you have, if you value that, if you value that, you'll see some of your wants um, uh, will diminish. Because a lot of this stuff we think we want, we really don't need. Mm. You know, whatever we whatever we need is already in the house, Doc. It's in the house, but we we don't acknowledge it. Um, I grew up in the, the projects, and um, one day I told mom I was hungry, and she said, boy, go down there in the kitchen and get something to eat. And I, I told her, that's the problem, mom. I've already been in the kitchen. There's nothing in the kitchen to eat. And my mom 
went in the same kitchen, Doc, the same kitchen, and made a whole meal because I overlooked what was in the kitchen and I didn't value it. But she mm. had to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and put it together and feed us. And so that's what we we have to take the pieces. Uh, you heard it, making it on broken pieces when Paul was shipwrecked. Yes, yes, sir. They made it on broken pieces. And guess what? At the time, with them being in the water, those pieces were valuable. Now, those pieces wouldn't have been valuable just sitting on land, but if you'd stop the ground, just those fragments and pieces became very valuable, and they acknowledged that, and they floated to shore on broken pieces. And so the broken pieces would keep you lifted, keep you keep you afloat, but we don't value it. We'd rather drown than to get one of those broken pieces. Wow. That's a very interesting concept because, Doc, in addition to our conversation about depression, anxiety, and life and suicide, we always try to bring a biblical approach. And uh, um, usually it's a story in the Bible because people don't realize that many times uh, the people that we preach about suffer the same bouts with depression that we do today. Um, Some of the titans of our faith uh, all throughout Scripture. uh, If you read that life story and you examine them, uh, as people, not not as the icons uh, that we see them as, but the practicality of people, they dealt with some of the same challenges of depression, hopelessness, despair, as as we do today. And and so uh, I, I, that that story, I think, would be a good um, uh, conversation to keep having um, um, as we talk about depression. We, I was going to talk um, about uh, David tonight, but I think Paul. Um, uh, and, and I'm very familiar with that story, and we can talk about that and make it relevant because a, a lot of people, Doc, and, and I like how you put it, Doc, some of us right now, we're barely making it on the broken pieces that we have. You know, we, we, we've gone through the Euroclidons, the shipwrecks, the, the, the hurricanes, tornadoes of life, and all we got left are pieces. Uh, and so, Doc, talk a little bit about how, how to make it on broken pieces. You talk about this despair. Uh, we talked about this earlier this afternoon. Um, I was sh- I was sharing with you about young lady uh, Tatiana Jefferson, who was shot and killed okay. by the uh, police officer in Fort Fort Worth. Her dad died uh, just a couple of weeks after her death, and and we talked about that today, man. That family is broken, um, uh, broken over the loss of her, of a daughter or, or a sister or not, broken now over the, the, the loss of a, of, a, of a father or a grandfather or an uncle. And, and maybe there's somebody tonight we're talking to, you talked about earlier, this season of the year where people are broken because of loved ones who are no longer here or dealing with, you know, that, that, that empty spot or that empty place at the Thanksgiving table. Talk a little bit about how to make it on broken pieces. I think that's a very powerful story and insight. Well, I mean, you you pretty much did it. Um, um, I think too often we're waiting on the ship to come in. Mm. So we think while waiting on the ship when the broken pieces, uh, the broken pieces is the ship if you really look at it. But yes, we, sir. We want it. We want it the way we want it. Um, you remember the story with the the, the crumbs? And, uh, he says, "It's not me for me to give the loaf to the dog." Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
he said, well, just give me the crumb. Those are broken. Yes. The crumb is a broken piece of the loaf. And wow. That's what I said earlier. We don't value the broken pieces. The same thing that's in that crumb is the same thing in the loaf. The crumb <laughs> came from the loaf. And, 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 and so the broken pieces, I've learned in my life um, just to stay afloat with the broken pieces. Um, we're going to have those moments like Elijah, you know, in the cave, under the tree. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're the only one doing it. We're the only one right. He said, I had 7,000 more um, prophets that did not bow. And so we got to not only get over people, but we got to get over ourselves. Mm. We become we become what I call a permanent victim. And so you, mm. you, you're not, you can't be a victim and be victorious at the same time. You got to pick either one. I'd rather be a victor than wow. be a victim. And so, Talk a little bit so, more about that, man. That's a powerful insight. You can't be a victim and a victor. You got to make a choice. Right. You got to make a choice. You know, I I, I, ch- I chose to turn in my case cards. I don't want to be a victim. I don't need your case number. I got Christ in my life. I I, I don't want to wear my um, victimness as a badge of honor. You know, a lot of us, uh, a lot of people, they, they like to put what they're going through up front to get attention or, you know, whatever. But sometimes we ought, we ought not show, we ought not wear that as a badge. We ought to wear what we uh, expect, what we are hoping for. Put that up as a badge because God's going to turn it around. We don't, we don't wow. think God's going to make a way. We don't, we don't sing that old hymn, uh, it is well with my soul, you know. That's what we have to say. Even when we're going through, it is well. With peace like a river attending my way, it is well. Whatever my lot, thou have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And I believe the more we continue to say it is well, it's going to be well. That's that, that's that yes, thing that works. Wow. Wow, man, that's revolutionary. That's that's powerful. For those who are listening, this is Suffering and Silence. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walthar, coming to you live from the broadcast booth. We have here uh, with us tonight my good friend and brother. He's the senior pastor of the uh, New Harvest uh, Church in uh, Miami, Florida, the one and only Reverend um, uh, Gregory Thompson. He's also the uh, president of the, of the local chapter of the AACCC. And we're just having a very, very kind of conversation about depression and how to move from being a victim to becoming a victor. If you want to be a part of this conversation, you can dial in tonight, uh, area code 302-202-1110, uh, access code 538-661. Uh, this is a live broadcast. Uh, call in. Again, that number is 302-202-1110, uh, um, access code 538-661. We would love to hear from you. So if you want to be a part of this conversation, you want a question, if you have a question, comment, concern, or just want to share a story, you can feel free to call in and we would love to hear your voice. Uh, Doc, we're living in a time where people, I think you're right, um, are, 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 are being satisfied with the attention that they gain from being a victim. And they stay in that place of, 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 um, of being uh, paralyzed. Um, right, right. How, how do you move? From, from paralysis to purpose. Because if you're not careful, you'll just stay there. 
and life will pass you by. Opportunity will pass you by. How do you move from that place of, of paralysis to purpose? That's, that's, that, that's a great question. The how <laughs> is, is, is the issue. Um, and I believe many of us don't know how. And that's why I say it's so important to have your moral compass uh, calibrated, to have your ear um, hard in the Lord. Um, I was talking to somebody that saw the movie, um, Harriet, and they said she was, I didn't see it, they say she was um, she always listened to the voice of God that gave her the direction. And I think that's part hmm. of our issue. Um, we're not listening to the voice of God. We're not allowing him to direct us. Um, a lot of us don't want to move. I was joking with one of the pastors in Miami just this past week, and he said, why he took um, missionary Baptist off the church? Because I said, I didn't want to be New Harvest stationary Baptist. You know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we're, we're, we're caught, caught up in being stationary. We don't want to do nothing out of the box. We don't want to move because we get comfortable. Um, you can't walk on the water until you get out the boat. You know? mm. Wow. But so we're not walking on the water because, like you said, the how. We, we're not. And Jesus was willing to come. And, and Peter, with all the people in the boat, he was the only one moved. And sometimes, Dr. Only one, one. we got to be the only one. We got to be the only one. We can't wait on the masses. can't mm. wait on everybody around us. Sometimes we got to be the only one saying it's time for me to get out of this boat and, and walk on water. Wow. Doc, I received word uh, that we have some people um, on the line. I'm not sure if they're called in Great. to ask a question or they just called in. Uh, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to um, give them an opportunity. Uh, caller, if you're there and you, uh, you've been tuned in and you have a question or a concern, please feel free at this time uh, to share in. Uh, uh, Carl, are you there? Do you have a question? Carla, are you there? All right. Doc, uh, go back to uh, the how. And you talked about, um, um, you were just sharing uh, with us um, about uh, staying there and that transition of moving into the how. Uh, in life. Yeah, now, I, I know you're asking the question, but I, I want to ask you a question. Um, um, do you think that we become so enamored with the attention we're getting from our situation that it overwhelms uh, our desire to embrace something different, you know, to embrace that, that victory I, was, I, I spoke about earlier, uh, it almost uh, is a complacency that takes place in many of, many of us when we have certain conditions. And it's, it's easier in some of our view to stay there and it's harder to get up and move from that spot. Uh, yes, I, I do. Uh, I, I really believe that sometimes and, Doc, I've seen this happen time and time again. Uh, I've seen people on program for somebody else, and they inadvertently, uh, while they're on program to give acknowledgement for somebody else, they make it about them. 
Um, wow. And I'm sure you, wow. you, you've seen that before. Of course. Uh, yeah, uh, I've been I've been at pastors' anniversaries. I've seen it at uh, homegoing celebrations, um, where people in their in their shielded about death. wow yeah in their veiled admiration for somebody else they they inadvertently make it about themselves, and I do believe um, that there is a uh, there is a tendency to fall in love with the attention. And the wow. danger is that you become dependent upon it. And it becomes it becomes a uh, like a crutch, but also uh, an addiction. Wow. It becomes an addiction. It becomes like crack or like opioids or like alcohol, where mm-hmm. not only are you dependent upon it, but now your life, circle, yeah, uh, right. your life circulates right. around it. Yeah, right. so so yes. Wow, that's it. Yeah, I, I do believe that. And I think that's a great insight, um, Doc, because because it 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 shows a deep for me, people like that, there's a deeper issue um at work. It goes to that word that you used earlier, and the word is deliverance. Deliverance, right? Yeah, that that and 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 there it, it can become toxic, man. That that attention, um, it can become a driving force of of toxicity in in your life, where your whole life is is enamored with becoming an attention seeker. And you find yourself competing with others because you dare not allow anybody to have the attention when you're around. You've got to be the center of attention. Wow. All eyes on me. All eyes on me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Doc. That's a powerful insight. For those who are listening, this is Suffering in Silence. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walter. And we're talking tonight with my good friend and brother, uh, Pastor Gregory Thompson. He is the senior pastor of the New Harvest uh, Church in South Florida. Uh, not the New Harvest Stationary Church, but the New Harvest Church. Church on the move. Uh, moving and advancing God's kingdom here on earth. And this is a live call in. If you're interested in being a part of this conversation, you can dial in 302 uh, 202-1110. Uh, access code five three eight six six one. Doc, I received word tonight that we have some extra time if you're up for it. Uh, our executive producer in uh, Chicago uh, just uh, informed us that we do have until the uh, 8.30 hour on his end, 9.30 on our end. So if you want to stay on, we can continue this conversation. Uh, we do have people that's calling in. Uh, I'm guessing they're just calling in to be on the line, um, but they are calling in. And so as we get word that we have other calls on the line, we'll definitely give them opportunity to ask their question, give their comment, or to be a part of this conversation. Again, this is Suffering in Silence. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walthour. And we got here with us tonight, my good friend, my brother, uh, all the way from South Florida, South Florida, uh, Miami, at the New Harvest Church, uh, the one and only Pastor Gregory Thompson, senior pastor of the New Harvest Church, uh, president of the C there in Miami. Uh, Doc, going back to this um, piece that you talked about with Acts and uh, Acts 28, I believe it is, when Paul, um, yeah, when, when Paul, I think it's Acts 28, when he was in the hurricane and uh, the Euroclidon right. and 
and they they became shipwrecked. And even after Paul survived the shipwreck, remember he was he was bitten by a serpent. Um, Snake died. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, after after he survived the storm, after. he was bitten by a snake. And 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 the tragedy and the thing about life is, is that sometimes uh, when you come out of something, there's something else waiting on you. That that we have to continue to keep moving. We can't get caught up in one victory because there's going to always be another challenge uh, in the growth process. And, and so talk a little bit about um, some of the uh, insights that you have, because I'm quite sure there's somebody out there listening um, who, who, who not, they're just surviving on fumes. You know, they, they, they're at wit's end. Uh, they're saved, no doubt. Love the Lord. Sanctified, Holy Ghost, filled, fire, baptized, but yet have anxiety, yet have mental health challenges, yet uh, struggle with suicide, yet struggle with depression. I want you to just talk to that person, man, and 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 go beyond the microphone and, and just minister to them where they are about how to survive on broken pieces. Yeah, I like what you said about the uh, you made it to shore and got bit by a snake. And so too often times we can survive the storm in the sea to end up getting bit by the snake on the shore. And so sometimes we think we think we think because we survived the storm on the sea that there shouldn't be you know, it's like the sense of entitlement there shouldn't be a snake on the shore. And sometimes the snake is on the shore because you survived the sea, the storm on the sea. And so life is, is just one thing after the other. Um, and we got, to, we got to know that after every storm on the sea, there's going to be a snake on the shore. And watch what Paul did. Paul shook it off. And that sounds, it sounds so wow. elementary. And there's some things wow. we have to learn how to shake off. We, 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 we allow things to stay connected and attached. To us far too long, oh, and I'm not God. a I'm not an expert I'm not an expert on snakes by any means, but I do know if that snake is attached to your hand or any part of your limb, it has the ability to inject its um, venom in you, and so we have mm. to learn how to shake stuff off that's poisoning us. You said something earlier wow. about the, the negativity. We are attached to too many negative things around us and we refuse to get rid of negative friends. We refuse to get, mm. rid of, uh, get, get out of negative um, 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 atmospheres. We just sit there as if we can handle it and we don't do what Paul did. Paul shook it off it and he shook it off in the fire. He shook it off in the fire. Uh. He, he, he just didn't shake it off so it come back and bite him. He shook it off and he, and he got rid of it. And so you can't shake it off and go back to it or allow it to get back to you. And so it's too many things pulling on us, um, um, biting us, wow. and poisoning us, you know, mm. poisoning us. If, 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 I'm going to tell you one thing, and people hate when I say this, unforgiveness is poison. We don't shake it off. We don't forgive mm. and, and, and get that snake of unforgiveness off of us because when you resent somebody or don't forgive them, you're drinking the poison, hoping the other person dies. And so you got to shake wow. that off. And, Reverend. And, 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 oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Time, it, out. Time, time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. You, 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 can't, you can't just pass over that. 
when we don't forgive, mm-hmm. we are drinking the We're poison. Drinking the poison, hoping the other person expecting dies. somebody else to die. Yeah. And that forgiveness, wow. is eating, that unforgiveness is eating at us. It makes us sick. It makes us depressed, you know. But we won't. But we survived the storm of the sea only to get bit by a snake on the shore. But we didn't shake it off. Wow. Because if, if you're here today, watch this, if you're here tonight, whoever listening, that means you survived the storm on the sea. You're here. You're still here. But the enemy is mad that you're still here. So now he's going to use that snake on the shore to take you out. So so shake we survive the storms, but we have to shake off the snakes. Right. Right. We survived the storm. The broken, the broken pieces got you to the shore to meet the snake. But once we get on the but shore, now, it's not about survival. Now you got to shake some stuff off. You got to shake some stuff off. And I know it sounds uh, trivial. I'm not making light of of, of, of depression and, and, and discouragement, but if we use that model, when I say shake it off, we got, to, we got to do whatever we need to do to get detached from what's draining us. But, Doc, you know, it's not, it's not making light of it because to shake something off, it suggests a struggle. It's a struggle right, yeah. to shake it's a something off. You know, it, so, so it sounds simple, but I understand because nothing can be shaken off if you're not willing to fight to get it off. Right. It, it, it's a struggle. Right. And overcoming depression is a struggle. Overcoming struggle. unforgiveness, all the things that you talked about, it's a daily struggle. And we have to daily shake God. it off into the fire. We just can't shake it off. Right. We got right. to shake it off into something. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Doc. I say, God just gave me something in the scripture. It say, lay aside every sin that's easy to beset us. You got to shake it off. Lay it, lay it aside. Shake it off. Yeah, lay it aside. Shake it off. You got to get it off. That weight will trip you up. That weight will pull you down, bring you down. Wow. wow. Man, that's, that's, that's transformative, Doc. That's transformative. We survived the storms on the sea but we mm-hmm. shake off the snakes on the shore. Sure. And, yes, and, and you said he, shake, he shook it off in the fire. In the fire. The Bible says he shook it off in the fire, which the fire consumed it. And so we got so to, we gotta we shake got to it off us right. into right. something that can happen that because thing. we can't handle it. Right. We got to consume that very thing that's trying to consume us. Wow. You got to destroy the very thing that's trying to destroy you. Hmm. Doc. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful, man. You got to shake it off. You got to shake it off. For those who are listening, this is Sephra Gonzalez, and I got to hear my good friend, and we're just having a theological conversation about uh, life and, 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 and surviving the storms of life. Depression is a storm. Depression is not just a storm, but it's a spirit. Um, the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 3, talks about, and God says, I'm going to give you the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that you've got to shake off the spirit of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. And, 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 and how when we survive the storm, there's a snake, there's another attack 
uh, waiting to attach itself to us. And when we are under attack, for that person that's listening tonight, uh, we want you to be able to have the boldness and, and, and the confidence to shake it off, uh, to, to, to shake it off into fire. Uh, this is this is suffering and talking on your host, Dr. Larry Waltheim. We have uh, on with us tonight my good friend and brother, uh, Pastor uh, Gregory Thompson, and we're just having a very candid conversation. Uh, Western areas. We're celebrating with an open house. Who have just been selected. And we have received word that there are people on the on the line. Um, if you are on the line, make sure that your line is not muted so that you can be a part of the conversation. Uh, Carla, are you still there? For those who are calling, our access number is 302-202-1110, 302-202-1110, access code 538-661. And make sure that when you dial in, uh, your line is not muted uh, so that we can have you as part of this conversation. Uh, Pastor, uh, uh, you, you, you really uh, brought some light to that whole story about making it on broken pieces and how surviving the storms on the sea so, uh, and, and shaking off the snakes on the shore. Um, do, do you think there is a, 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 a part of all of us in terms of our humanity, a dangerous, that when we get through something, we become complacent and we feel as if we've, we feel as if we've arrived? Right. Not, not only arrive or complacent, but we feel like, um, listen, I already defeated this. I don't think I deserve to go through anything else. You know, we feel wow. we feel as if um, you know I made it, and you're not, you know, we, we, you didn't make it. You're making it. You know, because mm. uh, if you if you look at it, the sea is not the shore. You defeated the sea. But there's still some work to do on the shore. There's still some obstacles to do on that next level of your uh, of your mm. life or what have you. And so just because you graduated from elementary don't mean you don't have to go to middle school. <laughs> and just because you graduated from wow. middle school don't mean you don't have to go to high school. You know what I'm saying? So we think when we graduate from one aspect of our life, we're done. No, it's a continuous um, fight. You use the word fight. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. He said, I fought the good fight of faith. You know? Yes, sir. I fought the good fight. He said, I kept the faith. And when that, that's the yeah. part of shaking stuff off. You got to keep it. Because if you don't keep the faith, if, if he kept the faith, that suggests he could have lost the faith or walked away from the wow. faith. He, he did what he had to do to keep the faith. And and, 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 and that's it right there, Doc. We got to keep this faith. Because keep the faith. We, yeah, if you don't keep it, Doc, wow. it's over. And that's what the enemy is after. That's what right. this whole thing is after. He's after our faith. Right. Because without right. faith, we can't please God. Everything in the kingdom. I heard a preacher tell me one time, he said that um, faith is our kingdom economy. Wow. I'm going to use that. He says everything in the kingdom operates by faith. He says faith is our kingdom economy. I'm sorry, kingdom currency. So, so in other words, faith, currency. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say currency, right? Yeah, currency. Is faith kingdom is our kingdom currency. currency. Anything we want from the kingdom comes by faith. We're saved by grace through faith. Um, 
We live by faith. We walk by faith. We move by faith. Uh, we fight by faith. Everything in the kingdom is is governed by faith. And he said, faith, our faith is our kingdom currency. Wow. And that's what the enemy is after. That's He's after your currency. He wants us to be bankrupt in our faith. In our faith. Or have the wrong currency. Yes, or have is, the wrong currency. Which is which is um, insignificant in the kingdom. Yes, in the kingdom. It don't work. Yeah, it's worthless. It's worthless. It's worthless. Wow. I like that. That's, that's revolutionary. Go, go, go ahead, Doc. Go ahead. No, no, I was, I was saying I, I, I like that. I like that. You're using the wrong currency. You're using the wrong currency, you man. Know, you got, you got a, you got a currency that the kingdom does not accept. Yes, sir. It doesn't recognize. It doesn't recognize. It doesn't recognize. And you know, Bishop Perry down here in Miami, he always say faith honors God, and God honors honors faith. faith. Yes, sir. So he honors that currency. That's it. That's it. It it is it is it is it is the faith that moves God on our behalf. And and for that person who might be listening um to us tonight on this broadcast, don't don't give up on your faith. Uh don't give up on God. Uh depression does not have to be a permanent residence. Uh God never intended for us to stay in the in the neighborhood of depression, uh, David said, "Yea, though I walk through, through. Uh, oh, I'm going through it. I'm not staying here. I'm going through it." And so, if you're here listening to us tonight uh, on this broadcast, uh, we want you to know that better is coming. Keep the faith. Hold on yes, to your. Uh, don't throw in the faith. Don't throw in the towel on your faith. Understand, weeping endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. Better is coming if you believe it. You got to believe it because your faith is your kingdom currency. For those who are listening, I'm your host, Dr. Blair Walter. This is Suffering in Silence. And we're talking tonight about just a, a wide variety of subjects. And I'm, my, my soul is being blessed by this conversation with this profound prognosticating preacher, Pastor uh, Gregory Thompson. And uh, he is the senior pastor of the New Harvest Church in, in Miami. And uh, we're just having a very candid conversation about suffering and silence. Uh, again, if you're interested in being a part of this conversation, you can dial in. This is a live broadcast. You can dial in 302-202-1110, 302-202-1110. And when you dial that number, hit the code 538-661 and make sure that your line is not muted. And we would love to have you to be a part of this conversation, to be a part of this discussion, whether it be a comment, a concern, a question, or just sharing your story. Uh, we want you to be a part. Your story needs to be heard. Uh, uh, Doc, talk a little bit. And I know, I know. Um, um, not only are you, are, are you a, a gospel preacher, but you've also served, and uh, you know, as as a, as a law enforcement officer, uh, and so you're community engaged, uh, and you you really have a passion for people. Um, and 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 in my in my dealings with you. You're very sensitive to the struggles of people. You really, you're very empathetic uh, toward people. Um, Doc, I want you just to take a few moments and just um, talk to that person who might uh, be listening but just don't have the wherewithal to call 
and, and, and they're holding on to something, man. And you talked about making it on broken pieces. You talked about faith. Uh, you, you talked about the titans of our faith. I want you just to minister to that person right now where they are uh, and just speak to their spirit about the hope that they have in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to piggyback off of you, Dr. Walker. You said something um, earlier about going through the valley. And I would say to that person that's going through the valley, if you read that entire um, Psalm 23 in its entirety, once he made it through the valley, there was a table waiting on him. And so after every mm-hmm. valley, God has a table for you. Give me tonight, wow. after every valley, God has a table prepared for you in the very presence of those snakes that's draining you and trying to bite you that you shook off. And he's going to elevate you after the valley. But here's the key. You've got to get through the valley. Don't stay in that valley. Don't stop in the valley. Go through the valley and make it to your table. There's a table waiting for you at the end of your valley. Trust God when you can't trace, track, or trail him. Trust him. He has mm-hmm. not forgotten about you. He, he hears you. He knows you. He knows exactly where you are. And remember, the children of Israel, they had homicide behind them. They had suicide in front of them. But God made a way. You're right where God wants you to be, but you got to keep walking by faith and not by sight. You got to keep trusting him. You got to keep looking to the hills from which come your help. Don't put your uh, trust in resources. Put your uh, trust in the source. Because sometimes we think our resources is the source. Your resource is not the source. Always stay connected to the source. The source. He, he, he knows what you're going through. He hears you. He hears your cry. Trust me on this tonight. He's going to make a way out of no way. Paul and Silas prayed and sung at their darkest hour, midnight. Yes, and God sir. took yes. their prisons loose. And so I'm telling you tonight, God is able to shake you loose, shake you loose when you know and you realize that he is the problem solver. Don't let the problems overwhelm you. Keep your eyes on the problem solver because after every valley, there is a table. Doc, I like that, man. I like that. After every valley, there's a table. Wow. A table, and I heard, I heard a preacher say one time, Doc, he was talking about that song. He said, God is the only one he knows that gives you an appetite in the presence of people that make you sick. Come on, Doc. I don't got he that. He, he, the he, only he, God that gives you an appetite in the presence of people that make you people sick. that make you sick. In the midst of your enemies, God will give you an appetite to eat. That's, mm. that's what God will do when you, when you hold on to your faith, when you hold on to him, when you trust him. As, as the deliverer, uh, as the protector, uh, as the caregiver, as the bridge. Uh, Doc, I like what you said, man, that uh, we, we want to make sure we stay connected to the source and not right. become dependent upon the resource. On resource, right. The source, that's God. That's the God. The source, that's your job. But the source is God. Hmm. Talk I'm about it, We have more faith in our resources than we do in the source. When your resource wow. can't be uh, 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 
your resource can't exist outside of the source. Mm-hmm. It all starts with the source. Wow. Doc, did you think uh, in today's culture of Christianity, there's a tendency of believers in Christ to really, really not know not only uh, who we are in him, but whose we are because of him? That we really don't know? We don't know. And you know, uh, I'm probably going to, they're probably going to throw rocks at me when I say this. And denominationalism has, has, has did that. You wow. can be a Baptist and not be a believer. You know, you, you can be a Baptist and not be a believer. We teach denominationalism. We don't teach God. We we teach, uh, uh, you know, how to, we teach the protocol of the church. But we don't teach them who to call. And so we make Baptists, AMEs, CMEs, and you name it, the list goes on and on. And they have no relationship with God, but they know how to be a Baptist. They know how to be an AME. They know how to be a CME. They know how to be Kojic. They know how to be all that. But when are we going to teach them how to be a believer? So do you think we need to get back to kingdom principles? Just kingdom principles, not. Who we are in the kingdom, regardless of our denominational affiliation. Right. It's about kingdom. Kingdom. God is not divided. And, I, and wow. hey, listen, there's a there's a there's a falling away uh, from the church, but we are confusing them, and we're not even together, based on denominationalism. We're not even together. But this one thinks we're doing it better than this one, and this one's right, and the other one's wrong, and so that's confusing in itself. And these millennials, man, they want something real. They don't want all that stuff. They want something real. Well, I do know across the country, man, pastors, particularly um, when you start talking about denominations, uh, churches are drying up in terms of membership across this country, and and that's 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 across denominations. Yeah, and um, closing down. Doc. And closing down. Um, there's a great falling away, and um, people, I know in the Baptist faith in the Baptist circles. Um, associations, which are your local uh, jurisdictions, state conventions, um, regional and national, those numbers are decreasing um, nationwide. And and you have fewer and fewer young people attending those ecclesiastical um, bodies. And if right. there's not something done, the church as we know it, in many instances, it's going to cease to exist because we're not going to have the membership to, to, to carry on to the next generation of what we inherited in terms of this thing called the church. Is it because we're too congregational, denominational, and associational, and we're not teaching, you know, relationship, an authentic relationship with God? You know, when I was coming up, um, Baptist churches didn't fellowship with the so-called holiness church. You know, right? There's a lot more. There's a lot more that going on now. It's cross fellowship, but they, everybody stayed to themselves. Yeah. But we worship the same God, and how can how can Sunday be the most segregated day of the week? 
and we're worshiping the same God. The, the segregation aspect suggests that we're not worshiping the same God. Exactly. <laughs> but, we, but we say we are. Yeah, the segregation. How can the master, how can the master and the slave have the same God? Impossible. Wow. Wow, that's that's it, we we got to get back to. Um, I, I I tell people um, there there are three gospels in the in the Bible. Uh, Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. We preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And at the at the rapture of the church and the and the uh, during the great tribulation, there's an everlasting gospel that's going to be preached. And and Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom to introduce the kingdom to mankind, but we right. preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, Christ to introduce mankind to mankind God. To Christ. Right. Yeah, through Christ. Absolutely. And. Um, and I think I think we have to get to the point where we understand who we are in terms of our denominational affiliation, but that 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 takes back seat uh, or, or take uh, it doesn't take priority. Exactly, it's not priority. Team. Right, no. we have made it priority. I know here at Shiloh. I should I should generalize. I'm saying most churches have made the denomination priority. Yes. I know here at Shiloh, um, uh, uh, I've coined the term kingdomites. That um, you know, we, like we're kingdomites. Yeah, we, we're kingdomites. Yes, we're members of a, of Shiloh Baptist Church, but but more importantly, we are citizens of God's kingdom, and kingdom. and that takes priority. Um, we we worship, we fellowship here, and and the church should be a kingdom outpost. You know, exactly. that's what the church should be. The church should be an outpost of God's kingdom. It's like when we go into a foreign country and we have our our embassy, you know, and when you get to the U.S. embassy, no matter where you are, you, you have immunity. They can't arrest you. They can't touch you right. because you own U.S. soil. I don't care what you've done. If you make it to the U.S. embassy, you you have immunity. And, and, and they cannot do anything because now you're governed under the U.S. laws and constitution. Well, that's what the that's what the, the the church should be. We should be an embassy or an outpost of God's kingdom. Absolutely. And, and so what that's we what we that. that's the goal. And so yes. And I think and, and I think we, I think when we do that, we become more effective. Yes. And reaching the masses. The masses. And and we're trying to move from membership to discipleship, where you're not just a member yeah. of, of the church. You're a disciple of Jesus Christ. You're, you're a disciple. Um, you are a learned follower. You're not just somebody who's coming to church on Sunday. This becomes a lifelong commitment. Um, for those who are listening, this is Suffering in Science. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walter. And we're coming on down the end of our of our broadcast, and we've had a great conversation tonight with my good friend and brother, uh, Pastor Gregory Thompson. He is the senior pastor of the New Harvest Church in uh, in South Florida, Miami, Florida. He's also the uh, president of the African American uh, Council of Christian Clergy uh, there in Miami, Double uh, Triple C. Uh, Doc, if we have somebody that uh, that want to try to reach out to you, uh, your church, uh, do you have a website? Do you have a uh, uh, um, email address. You have a Facebook site. 
where uh, individuals who may have heard this conversation may want to reach out to you. Uh, is there a way for them yeah, we're, to contact? We're, yeah, we're on. Yeah, we're on Facebook. Friends of New Harvest um, in Miami, GD Thompson. Um, the um, email address is harvest1198 at comcast.net. Harvest1198 at comcast.net. And um, the address in Miami is 12145 Northwest 27th Avenue, Miami, Florida, 33167. 12145 Northwest 27th Avenue, Miami, Florida, 33167. And for those who are listening, I'm a witness. If you're ever in South Florida, uh, you definitely want to get by the New Harvest Church. Uh, great church, progressive church, uh, doing some great things in the city, uh, great outreach ministry in the community. And I know uh, if you're ever in the South Florida area and you go by the New Harvest Church, uh, it will be a stop world well worth your time. You will enjoy the worship. You will definitely enjoy the witness. And I know you will definitely enjoy the word. Uh, this broadcast is is is, is uh, a a byproduct of a book that we wrote uh, by the same name, uh, "Suffering in Silence: The Journey to Overcoming Pulpit Depression." Your host, yours truly, I'm a survivor of pulpit depression. Five years of my life preaching the gospel, pastoring God's people, uh, preaching in depression, pastoring in depression, uh, uh, pulpiteering in depression. Uh, five years of my life, and and from that experience, a book was written. If you're interested in reaching out uh, to uh, uh, to get a copy of the book, you can go to my Amazon page. Uh, go to Amazon, and in the search column, type in "Suffering in Silence: The Journey to Overcoming Pulpit Depression," or you can type in my name, Dr. Larry Walthour. It will take you to our uh, Amazon page. You're going to see a blue book with white white letters, "Suffering in Silence: The Journey to Overcoming Pulpit Depression." You can order it. Uh, hard copy, or you can get PDF download to your mobile device and tablet. You can also go to my personal website, DRLTWM, that stands for Dr. Larry T. Walthour Ministries, DRLTWM. When you go to that uh, website, click the bookstore, and when you go to the bookstore, uh, uh, click there. It will take you to the prompt, and you'll be able to order a copy of the book there, Suffering in Silence, The Journey to Overcoming Pulpit Depression. You can order a hard copy, or you can also order a PDF download to your mobile device. You can also go to our Facebook page, Dr. Larry T. Walthour Ministries. Uh, click the blue button. It will take you to a menu option on our website, and uh, you can download it there. You can order a hard copy, or you can download it to your mobile device tablet. You can also go to GMAP1 Broadcasting Network, go to the bookstore, stroll the books, and go down and find Suffering in Silence. Uh, click that, and it will take you to a prompt, and you'll be able to order it uh, from there, hard copy, or you can also uh, download it to your mobile device or to your tablet. If you want to reach uh, me at Shiloh Baptist Church, you can contact Shiloh Baptist Church here in York, Pennsylvania. The contact number is, is, is 717-825-8854, uh, I'm sorry, 2547, 717-854-2547. Uh, you can always reach out to us. We would love to hear from you and to uh, reach out to you. Again, this has been Suffering in Silence. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walthour, and we have here with us on the line tonight my good friend and brother who's going to have the final remark and closing prayer, the one and only uh, Pastor Gregory Thompson. Doc, thank you so much for lending your voice. This will not be your last time. Thank God for you and what you're doing in South Florida, and continue to do what you do. We're going to give you the final thought, final word, 
and closing prayer, my good friend and brother, Pastor Gregory Thompson. I want to thank you, Dr. Walker, for the invite. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Uh, we thank God for your ministry and thank God for your transparency and your book. Uh, the more we get the word out, the more we let people know uh, that we are human, and not only human, but we are uh, victorious in our yes, humanness. Um, I think we can encourage them uh, to win um, as well. My final thought is you don't have to suffer in silence. You have a Savior that cares. And Mm. remember, just because you survived the storm on the sea, you still have to deal with the challenges of the snakes on the shore. Keep your Mm. head up. Keep your um, hand in the winding chain. And one of the most used tools of the devil is the tool of discouragement. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you now. Uh, for this time of sharing. We thank you for Dr. Walkdown. We thank you for this platform to get the word out that you live and you live in us. And God, we thank you for the power of your resurrection. And so God, we bind up every spirit of discouragement, every spirit of depression. We bind up the spirit of suicide. God, we pray that you open the ears and hearts to humanity and mankind. Let them know um, that you sit high and you look low that you did not leave or forsake any of us. And, God, we we pray now for those who feel hopeless and helpless. Mm. We pray um, that you inspire them and encourage them that help is on the way. Tell them, hold on and reach beyond the break, that, God, late in the midnight hour, you have power to turn it around. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, man. Much love to you and to the New Harvest family. Give shout out to all our brothers down there in South Florida and tell them we're holding it down here in York, cold York. Uh, but we'll be down in sunny South Florida real soon. So my executive producer, my friend, my brother from another brother, the one and only Kevin Strider, thank you so much for what you do for GMAP One Broadcasting Network. For those who don't know, this is the number one inspirational, faith-based, motivational platform on the planet, reaching 168 countries worldwide, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 a year. Uh, We'll be tuning in next week, same time, same place. Until then, thank you so much. Be blessed, and let God bless you. Order your step. See you next week, same time, same place. Suffering in silence. You see that one broadcasting network. Peace.